Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the podcast. Much gratitude to my returning listeners and a very warm welcome to those of you who may be tuning in for the first time. Today, we're going to talk about something that often happens this time of year, a look back at where we've been and what we've done. This reflectiveness and introspection, which I think is common for this time of year, and it's a great way to lead us into the new year, can also bring forth feelings of regret. Today, we will explore that and how we can use those regrets as fuel for good in 2024. This is the Wishing You Well podcast, and I am your host, Maria Patrick. I am a health coach and a Qigong instructor, and I specialize in helping people find balance in their lives. My podcast is a way for us to find health and wellness inspiration in the world around us. Last week, I watched a television interview with Jessica Chastain, an Oscar-winning actress and producer who is currently starring with Peter Skarsgård in the movie Memory, which is about the surprise connection between the single mom, which she plays, and a man with dementia. Jessica teared up in the interview as she shared a story about one of the biggest regrets of her life. Every time I hear a story like hers, which I will share with you shortly, I am brought right back to the lyrics of one of my favorite songs, Frank Sinatra's My Way. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do. I saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than that, I did it, I did it my way. Jessica, who was famous for her roles in the movies The Help and Zero Dark Thirty and The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is the one she won the Academy Award for Best Actress for, attended the Juilliard School, where she earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting about 20 years ago. She apparently was raised by a single mother, and she wouldn't have been able to afford to attend Juilliard if not for the extreme generosity of a very famous Juilliard alum, Robin Williams. Jessica recently made headlines because she shared in her interview the fact that the Robin Williams Scholarship was an all-expenses-paid scholarship, which include tuition, books, housing, food, and even paid for her travel back home for the holidays. It's not the first time she's told this story, and each and every time she tells it, she says it the same way. She was so very grateful to Robin Williams that she sent him a thank you letter each of the years she was at Juilliard, and that so many times since then, she wanted to meet Robin in person so she could finally thank him face-to-face for his generosity. Robin Williams was himself a Juilliard scholarship recipient. And because of that, he decided to pay it back and he funded that scholarship for many years until his death in 2014. He was one of 20 students accepted into the freshman class back in 1973 at Juilliard. And he was one of two that was accepted into the advanced program in the school that year, the other being the famous actor Christopher Reeve. So many years after Jessica attended Juilliard, she was out to dinner, seated coincidentally at a table right next to Robin Williams. 
So she told this story about how this was her opportunity. It's the chance she waited for her whole life to be able to go over to his table, introduce herself, and thank him in person. She was dining with a friend who said, this is it. You have to go. You have to go talk to him. Well, the story has a sad ending because she was so shy. She didn't want to bother him. She waited until he got up to leave the restaurant. She actually chased out of the restaurant after him and once again decided not to approach him and ended up not speaking to him and therefore never, ever had the opportunity to thank him in person. I bet each and every one of us has a similar story, one in which we wish we had done differently, which we had said or done something that we wanted to do And we didn't do it, and now we feel that we're filled with regret because it's too late. For the past month, I have been reading Barbara Streisand's memoir. It doesn't usually take me a month to read a book, but hers is quite the tome. It is 992 pages long, or 49 hours if you're reading it, listening to it through Audible. It is quite a revealing book. It's filled with startling revelations and lots of honest self-reflections from Barbara. I'm not spoiling it for you by saying that she talks about things like her shoplifting hobby when she was young, as a teen, her failed marriage to Elliot Gould, how hard she has had to fight over the years for equal pay as a movie actress, and the millions of dollars she has raised for charities over the years. Even Barbara, who's so successful, is filled with regrets. She wrote very poignantly in the book about two of these regrets. One having to do with the legendary singer Prince and the other about the composer and conductor and her very dear friend, Marvin Hamlish. In 2011, Prince presented Barbara with the Music Cares Person of the Year Award. And she tells the story in her book about how incredibly awestruck she was by Prince and how shy she was. Apparently, she is stage fright all of the time. She's a very shy, reluctant performer. And because of how awestruck she was by him, she didn't take the opportunity to speak with him that night. She actually wanted to talk with Prince about collaborating with her on a song. Barbara actually found out several years later that Prince considered her the greatest singer of all time and that she was actually his inspiration and that he was so overcome with nerves at the Music Cares event that he actually avoided her because he was too nervous to speak with her. Shortly after Prince's death in 2016, Barbara found out that he was talking about her at what turned out to be his final concert ever, just a few weeks prior to his death. He talked about how she was his hero and that the movie The Way We Were had changed his life. Barbara and Prince never had the chance to speak with each other because each of them chose not to for their personal reasons. And sadly, that chance was gone before they could ever collaborate. Marvin Hamlish, who was a famous composer and conductor, was one of Barbara's best friends for over 50 years. His, he was her closest confidant and he composed so many of her famous songs. He died suddenly, not too many years ago, at the age of 68. The night that he died, she had apparently written herself a note to call him, and then she lost track of time and never made the call. In her book, Barbara said 
that she was at the time and still is so devastated to have lost her dear friend Marvin and that she had never taken the chance in all the years that they were friends to tell him how she felt about him, how very grateful she was for the way that he changed her life and saved her life and how his talent was one of the reasons she was so grateful to him, but that she was even more grateful for their friendship. And she waited so long because she thought that he would always be there. And she has regrets now because she waited too long. What we can learn from these sad stories, we could write our own book about our regrets. How many times have we meant to call someone and then life gets in the way and we don't do it? Or we say, let's do lunch to someone, and then we never follow up and make it happen. My husband and I had dinner with a close friend the other night. As I said, we're trying to do a better job at reaching out and making plans to get together with our close circle. And she told us that she is moving into 2024 with full force, living a life of intention and no regrets. She's always wanted to learn how to country line dance, so now she's taking weekly lessons and having a great time doing so and meeting new people every week. She's always wanted to see the Rockettes at Radio City Music Hall, so last week she went to New York City and checked that off of her to-do list. She's recently taken up hiking and yoga. She said she wants to keep both her brain and her body sharp and strong. She is living a life of no regrets. She said that now when she thinks of something she wants to do, she does it. She does whatever she has to do to make it happen. No regrets. You may have heard of something known as the Streisand effect. It actually has had a negative connotation over the years, and the term has even found its way into the Urban Dictionary. The Streisand effect is used to describe a phenomenon that results after there's been an attempt to censor, hide, or otherwise draw attention away from something. And instead, it ends up attracting more attention to it. Barbara explains in her book, in her attempt to finally get the record straight, that the lawsuit she filed against a photographer in 2003 about a photo she was suing to have taken off of the internet was not because she found the photo unflattering or offensive, as has been reported so many times over the years. It was because the photo violated her privacy. The photographer was the founder of the California Coastal Records Project, and because of that, he photographed the coastline of the state from a helicopter and posted the photos, more than 12,000 of them, to the internet. The problem was that he not only photographed and posted a photo of Barbara Streisand's mansion, he ended up revealing her address. She said that the photo not only violated her privacy, but it showed how to access her residence. The Streisand effect was that at the time the lawsuit was filed, the photograph had been downloaded only six times, and that included twice by Streisand's own lawyers. But afterwards, in the month or so after the lawsuit was filed, the photo was viewed more than 400,000 times and reposted on news sites and basically found its way all over the internet. So thus, Streisand's attempts to have the photo suppressed actually made it exceptionally more visible than it would have otherwise have been. I think that we can and should take inspiration from the Streisand effect, not the suing the photographer part, not the something turning out to be different than what we expected part, but instead the valuable life lesson 
that she shares in her memoir, that if we wait too long to do or say something, it may be too late. It's been a quite a long time since I was in the third grade, but I remember quite vividly what my third grade teacher, Mr. Barry Plato, used to say to my class, time and tide wait for no man. Decide what you want and need to do in this life and then do not wait to do it. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. 2024, let's make it the year of doing more. Let's call it more in 24. No regrets, no do-overs, living our best lives and moving forward with passion, hope, and unlimited potential. Thank you for choosing my podcast and for spending time with me. I look forward to spending more time together in 2024. I'm wishing you the very happiest of holidays, a beautiful new year filled with health and happiness and love. I'm so very grateful for your interest and support. And as always, I am wishing you well.